A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The AM. You the bet zone. she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, uh, yeah. Checking in one more time from the National Association of Farm Broadcasters Convention here in Kansas City. Good morning, everybody. Fabulous farm baby Pam Youngke, about ready to head home. Bob Bosold, myself, Aaron Zimmerman, Stephanie Hoff. We're uh, wrapping up our business here in Kansas City. Back with you bright and shiny on Monday morning in studio. What's coming your way today? Well, we're going to catch up with our friend, Dr. Bob Kropp, Professor Emeritus from the University of Wisconsin. He's a dairy economist that despite the fact that he's quote-unquote retired, still paying very close attention to the dairy industry, especially going into the new calendar year. We saw some surprises as far as milk production was concerned, pretty flat in the United States and flat globally. What does he think that will do for dairy prices, dairy trends in 2022? He'll be catching up with us and giving us his perspective on this Friday morning. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your dairy farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. I have a standing rule that nothing should be moving on my plate when I carry it from the counter to the table but that lutefisk, when you get it on your plate, jiggles around. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire, and I'm an old German who moved into the Osseo, Wisconsin area, and I was deeply immersed in lutefisk when we got there, let me tell you. And, you know, anything's good enough with a whole bunch of butter on, and, uh, you know, I, I, I get along with it. but. This season, for some reason or other, for the, because of the COVID virus, our local church had to do away with its lutefisks dinner, and I was a little disappointed. But Stephanie, it is the lutefisk season. Yes, it is, Scott. And as you said, the holidays are approaching, and that means lutefisk dinners for a lot of people in the Midwest. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, Chris Dorf is the president of Olson Fish Company in Minneapolis. Now, Olson Fish Company makes the lutefisk and also pickled herring, and they're gearing up for that busy season. Chris Dorf says the majority of lutefisk is eaten at large gatherings, as you said, churches, lodges, community centers, for example. But Scott, you can imagine during a global pandemic, all of that went away and the business took a hit. Oh, yeah, huge. I mean... Last year, our, our lutefisk business was probably uh, 20% of what it normally was because not only did, I mean, there was virtually, I, I, I know of maybe a handful of churches that tried uh, either carry-out meals last fall or just a 
pickup thing or some that even did some deliveries. Other places placed orders where they just distributed lutefisk to the, the locals that, you know, still wanted to get some good fresh fish. Yeah, and it was huge. So the really the only lutefisk we sold last year was what went to the grocery stores. And usually it's a meal that's centered around a gathering, like a turkey would be at Thanksgiving, that lutefisk is going to be a, a family celebration event. And and let's face it, those things didn't really happen much last year either. So, yeah, last year was bad. Now, this year, I would say we maybe have 25 30% of the churches and lodges that are actually returning to having some sort of a function. And we've already seen the lutefisk sales, even with this really warm weather we've had, we've seen the lutefisk sales ahead of our normal pace this early into the fall. So, so, so that's good. Are our holidays usually the busiest time of year then? Yeah, I mean, we'll soak lutefisk from September through um, May or Satna Mai um, because there's usually some events in the spring and stuff too, but I would say 90% of lutefisk we sell is October through December, really through Christmas. Our business and building gets very, very busy this time of year. I mean, we go from a crew of about 15 production workers that are here year-round to probably 25 to 30 and working a lot of extra hours just trying to get everything done. Because not only does the lutefisk business ramp up, but, but our pickled herring business, you know, that doubles during this, this holiday season too. So Oh, yes. We're used to seeing that pickled herring out on the spread for a football game or as an appetizer before dinner during a holiday. Chris, when you are approaching the busy season, how do you ramp up for it? And are you seeing any supply chain issues? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, these last two years have been, I think they've they've caused a lot more gray hair on my head. Fortunately, I, I'm not pioneering what we've done with all the history that we have. I'm, I, when I started as the president's company, just basically getting, um, you know, following the suit of what we normally do as far as, you know, bringing in raw materials and, and the ingredients and packaging and scheduling manpower. You know, we, we've done that all, but now the last couple of years we've had to do this thing so much further in advance and and it's it's an absolute challenge every day for packaging and and certain ingredients that lead times have just gone insane and and importing stuff right now across the ocean i mean we have all seen in the news what's going on with these these cargo ships that can't even get in. And so, so many of the little ingredients that go into packaging or go into anything that we're doing here are on those ships or just supply chain is a mess. What is it specifically? Is it like cans? Is it the fish itself? Is it salt? One of the things that was most recent, caustic soda for for our lutefisk has been in short supply. One of the things that isn't maybe related to lutefisk, which is just in 25 years I've been here, I've never experienced is vinegar. All of the companies that produce vinegar are allotting it and you can't get vinegar when you need it. And let's face it, if you don't, if you're in the pickling business and you don't have vinegar, that's a huge challenge. And I still have not put my finger on on why or what it is. Me and my staff here have theorized that that ethyl alcohol that they make vinegar out of, maybe some of that raw material is shifted to producing sanitizers and stuff for COVID. Or I, you know, it's just our little theory, but it's been very challenging. The packaging has probably been the worst. Plastic and glass and metal uh, caps, cardboard, all the corrugated stuff is is very 
uh, a much, much longer lead time, double or triple the normal lead time. How does workforce look like for you, and are you doing anything unique to keep labor? I feel we have one of our best crews ever this year, and and that even includes some of the seasonal people that we've brought in. Well, we're, we're located right in Minneapolis, very close to downtown, and so there's access to a lot of people. The timing of when a lot of those incentives for unemployment went away was good for us because that was the timing of when we started needing ramping up. We also had to make decisions to increase wages substantially, just like, boom, I'm sorry, okay, guys, I'm not losing any more of my employees. We're going to give everybody across the board a... Uh, this wage increase so I can raise raise the starting wage. And then we also offer, we're a union company, so everybody's getting full benefits. Actually, their whole family does, and it's all 100% paid by Olson Fish Company. So there's some pretty good incentives there for, for those that want to make this a, a their, their career or a long, long-term job. But last year was bad. Um, this year, so far, knock on wood, it's, it's been okay for us, but it hasn't come without a cost either. You know, here's the deal for us is that I looked at all these, I mean, costs of every ingredient packaging thing has just been going up like three, four times a year. If I'm going to have to raise my prices because of that, then you know what? I'm just going to raise my prices also because of labor along with it and just ensure that we've got the people here to, to make what we need. Chris, now I want to ask about the demographics eating lutefisk. It's a traditional dish. So is it just the older generations that are eating it or are younger people taking interest? No, unfortunately, it, I I don't see it that way. I don't think as many young people are willing to pick it up and, and take it home and try it. Uh, I think there's so much bad jokes about it and everything out there that I think people are afraid of it. I would say our demographic is definitely more in, heavy into the, um, the senior citizens uh, of our country. And so with that in mind, we've seen our sales drop every year on lutefisk. I mean, when I started here in 95, we were making about half a million pounds of lutefisk a year. And since that time, we added, we purchased another lutefisk company, which he was maybe making 150,000 pounds. So we now make probably about 300,000 pounds, you know, out of, so it's half of what it was 25 years ago. Do you guys focus on any kind of marketing or anything like that to, I don't know, light the fire in young people to to start trying it and take it up? It's really difficult to do with the kind of following you have because marketing is expensive. We we used to try to sponsor a lot of different Scandinavian festivals. You know, there's a big um, deal out in Minot every year, Minot, North Dakota, that's called the Host Fest. And we've always sponsored that and some other ones where there was lutefisk involved or sampling so you can get people to try it. And I, I belong to a, a a house church where we gather and do a potluck every every other week. at, at um, and, and I hosted here just this past Monday. And there's about 25 people there that are, you know, in their... 40s to 60s, and and so many of them had never tried it, and I actually brought home lutefisk and cooked it as part of the potluck deal, and had so many people try it, and yeah, and, and so many people that tried it were like, well, this is pretty good. I, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of flavor to it. It's really melted butter and and salt and pepper or whatever, you know, some people put cream sauce over it. When when we used to do this festival up in Moorhead every year and we'd cook samples, I'd have so many people be like, oh, it tastes just like lobster. And it's like, yeah, that's the melted butter, you know. So, 
if it's cooked right, you know, you can have a decent flaky texture. And for those that are that, that like codfish or cod or, or seafood, it, it's something usually that appeals to them as long as it's prepared right. Again, that's Chris Dorf, the president of Olson Fish Company in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where they are gearing up for holiday production of lutefisk and pickled herring. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Haw. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, this time of year, as we're nearing winter, we're probably not really thinking about growing things. But the Wisconsin DNR is thinking about Arbor Day already. That's for next spring. And I'm here with Heather Berkland, the DNR Chief State Forester. And Heather, you have a program that goes on that teachers can sign up fourth graders to be able to get saplings to help plant trees. Yes, this program has been around since about uh, 1984, and it really does uh, give us an opportunity to educate students, connect students to uh, the importance of trees and uh, tying Arbor Day into the schools, and so offering up free seedlings for fourth graders, both in the public private schools, and home schools. Now, why do you think it is so important that we educate our elementary students about the importance of trees, as you say, or, you know, just the importance of the environment and taking care of things like that? Well, we know it starts with the kids. And if kids are interested in the environment around them and recognize the importance of a healthy environment, they can also just take that with them into adulthood. And also they can educate their parents. And then 
I think oftentimes we don't recognize that trees surround us here in Wisconsin, and we are lucky in this state to have 17 million acres of forest land in Wisconsin. And even a tree in their backyard, the importance of providing us oxygen, filtering out pollutants from the environment, slowing down runoff and erosion, giving us uh, food and, and shelter for many wildlife. So trees are just really super important, and I think we sometimes take that for granted. So connecting kids with the importance of trees early on will just help us in being able to spread that message through time and into the next generations. Sure. And and talking about spreading that message, you know, across many students for a long time, you know, you mentioned how long this program's been going on. How many students do you really get involved in this program every year, and how many trees about on average do you send out? On average, it's about 50,000 trees that we're offering or that we are sending out to fourth grade students throughout the states. And with that, several thousands of, of schools and um, home schools take advantage of it. Wow, that is quite a few tree saplings that you get sent out every year. Well, here with Heather Berkland, she's the chief state forester for the DNR here in Wisconsin. We'll be right back with some more details on this program and how you can get kids signed up to get these tree saplings. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, they care about your community like you do. They believe the communities that support their athletes are the true champions. Visit RuralMutual.com slash WIAA to learn how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Badgerbean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first, and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in Wisconsin. Badgerbean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit Badgerbean.com today. Well, we're back here with Heather Berkland again of the DNR. She's the chief state forester for the state of Wisconsin. And we're talking about the program that they run that gives free tree saplings every spring to fourth graders around the state of Wisconsin. Now, you mentioned before, you know, how many trees are in the state of Wisconsin. Earlier this year, Governor Tony Evers signed that order pledging to protect and restore Wisconsin's forest land. Let's talk a little bit about that and talk about how this program actually can kind of help with that. Correct. Wisconsin has entered into the Trillion Tree Pledge, which is a national initiative to just make an awareness of the importance of trees, tree planting, and helping combat some of our climate concerns that we have. Wisconsin has committed to planting 75 million trees and conserving 125,000 acres into working forests for the next 10 years. And so far under this pledge, we have planted over 4.8 million trees. If people are interested in getting students involved with getting these free tree saplings and helping with this program, how can they sign up or get involved? They can contact our reforestation nursery program on our website. Uh, we have uh, a contact number, and they can call Carrie directly and then order based upon their needs at the school. This time of year is when our tree orders in general are out there for the public. So go to our website, and we list what trees are still available and how to order these trees, because now is the time to get your order in 
for delivery next spring. Spring is our tree planting time of year, and, you know, just any time we can promote the importance of trees, planting a tree even in your backyard will just benefit our environment and in our communities in Wisconsin today and into the future. Well, here with Heather Berkland, DNR Chief State Forester. So if you are a teacher or if you know a group of fourth graders that would like to get involved and help plant some trees, go ahead and contact the DNR to get signed up for that program. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. At Eastman Chemical Sun Prairie, they transform materials that improve your everyday life. Their technologies create innovative products and solutions with specialized molecules that make housewares more durable, cars and buildings safer, and so much more. In short, their products matter because their employees do. Eastman Chemical now has an opening for a material handler operator. Start a career at Eastman by applying online at Eastman.com. Eastman Chemical Sun Prairie. Celebrate our century in sesquicentennial farms across Wisconsin. There is a growing list of over 1,800 farms across the state that have been family-owned for 100 or 150 years. Besides being recognized at the Wisconsin State Fair, you can find out about them all year long thanks to our friends at Compere Financial. Meet the families and hear the stories by logging on to MidwestFarmReport.com where more are added each month. It's all thanks to Compere Financial, committed to agriculture and rural America. Celebrate century in sesquicentennial farms with the Midwest Farm Report. When you choose from several options, you're likely going to save money. That's what a family-owned, independent insurance place like ours can do. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai Tankless Water Heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go Tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai Water Heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. 
When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. With the holidays coming up, it's always great to have some extra money for gifts, the family vacation you've all been waiting for, or home improvements. At Educated Mortgage, we can get that done for you with a cheap and easy refinance. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. NMLS number 222-652. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high-intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. How much stock do you put in a hitting coach, though? Like, they're all professionals that are at this level. How much stock do you put in a hitting coach? Well, I told you, and I've said this probably two or three times on the show, when I think of like a a good hitting coach versus a bad hitting coach, I think of like the quarterback coaches that Tom Brady and Drew Brees and all those guys go to. When you have a Tom Brady, you're making Tom Brady tenths of a percentage better because he's already a great player. But when you grab a guy like a Tim Tebow and all of a sudden he starts working with a, a, we'll say, throwing coach, he can get exponentially better because of how much how much room for improvement there is in that skill set. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you have average or below average players or hitters, I think a good hitting coach goes a can long elevate way. Elevate them. If you have elite hitters in the game, I think a good hitting coach makes them just a little bit better. But sometimes just that little bit of a difference and a little a bit World better Series. can make a great hitter an all-star and an MVP. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about who the uh, new additions are first. Uh, Rowdy, when it comes to the new additions for the Milwaukee Brujas, they're going with not one but two new hitting coaches. David Stearns announced that they're going with uh, Ozzie Timmons from the Tampa Bay Rays. He was a first-base coach and an assistant hitting coach from 2017 to 2021. And then Connor Dawson, who had worked with the Mariners since 2019, he was their minor league uh, hitting coach. Yeah, so... I think this is really unique because it's something that I I don't know if it's ever been done before. And then be there's co- going to be assistance as well coming. Yeah, in. I don't know if it's ever been done before. To be quite honest, they hired two hitting coaches that are coming from two completely different, I guess you would say, sides of the coin when yeah. it comes to hitting the ball. I think this is. You'll have some people that say if you don't have one quarterback, or if you have two quarterbacks, you don't, you don't have, have one. one. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. I think this is interesting, though. 
and I'm I'm hopefully I, I'm more optimistic on this, saying that this these two can gel. Well, they're only making all this up. And, like the yeah, part. the hitting was really bad. But why I think this is so interesting is because Ozzie Timmons has been around. He was a big league baseball player. He's been around, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about how he had been in minor league baseball. Now he was last with the Tampa Bay Rays as a hitting coach, assistant, and a first base coach. So he's been around hitting coaches and hitting coordinators and stuff like that. Plus he's played big league ball. He's more of like the old school feel, right? Yeah. And Oh, by the way, Tampa Bay has been a really good hitting team for sure, especially in those years that he's been there. So whether it's the hitting coach or his assistants, he was doing something right. Mm-hmm. So that he he's the old school hitting coach type guy. And then they hired this kid. Connor Dawson, who literally is a kid. He's younger than a lot of the guys that will be on the team. He's 28 years old. What? He's 28 years old. Wow. He, he is. A, yeah, there he is. Look at that. He is a guy that obviously is younger than some of the guys that are on this team. He was working in the minor leagues for the Seattle Mariners as a hitting coordinator. He was more of like the tape study. He was more of like the. Um, he comes from a technical background with the yeah, Mariners system. He was like the tape study. He was like the launch angle type guy that was all using like the film and new. So you're marrying, you're, you're going to marriage the old exactly. school, the new school it's, together. It's two guys. It's one guy that's in his fifties. That's more old school baseball, old school hitting adjustments and changes. And one guy that is the video. He is the launch angle. Break you down. Like, I think it's, it's, it's pretty ingenious by the brewers to do this because it looks great on paper. Yeah. It, but will it work? Because the two guys are going to have to get along. They're going to have to coexist. Because what if one guy thinks, well, I'm the hitting coach. Well, the and launch kinda, angle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, no, we need to bunt. They're going to have to gel. For this to work, they're going to have to gel. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it, it won't happen. I'm not saying it will happen. But it, it's just a different little wrinkle that is now the Brewers hitting coaches. But I do think I like it's this experiment. I like it. Because like it. when... You you've referenced the movie Moneyball, but does he get on base? Yeah, and they it was Billy Bean and some of the Jonah Hill. Yeah, Jonah Hill <laughs> and some of the technical guys that do it mathematically with analytics and all that, trying to come up with the best way to be different to have like an edge in baseball. Yeah, isn't this something to be a little different? Throw a little wrinkle. Well, don't you got hitting? Don't you always got to be changing, being different in in, in baseball? Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, the holidays are right around the corner, and that means smelling lots of good baked goods from your mom or your grandma down in the kitchen. And one of the ingredients that's a dairy ingredient in those things is butter. You know, we're going to have a lot of butter consumption as the holidays roll around. I'm here with Katie Hepler, Senior Marketing Director with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Now, Katie... Tell me a little bit about that. You know, what kind of increased sales or increased consumption of butter do we see this time of year? Uh, well, first, I just have to say I'm smelling those cookies and pie that you mentioned in the intro. It sounds amazing. I'm already starving for it. But, yeah, I mean, from just the data that we've seen in our sources, we Americans are expecting to be purchasing 161 million pounds of butter this holiday season. And that's enough to bake more than 11 billion butter cookies. Um, that you just mentioned earlier. And, you know, really, we, we see this every year. The holiday season 
has a higher lift. It's a bigger season for butter consumption and purchasing overall. And so really what we're trying to do is continue to, to take advantage of the seasonality and the relevance and make sure that we're reminding Wisconsin residents to purchase local butter, and that's Wisconsin butter. Definitely. Now, the interesting thing I, you know, I see when I read about this was that number, that 161 million pounds, that's a huge number. But it also like seems like it might be even up than past years based on maybe some more use at home through the pandemic. Yes, you are, you are 100% correct. And, you know, I think this might be something that a lot of your listeners remember hearing about is, Dairy cereals overall skyrocketed during the pandemic, and and that was really just because more people were baking at home. And, you know, as we've gotten back to more of a normal way of life where people are going out to restaurants and whatnot, we have seen a little bit of dip in consumption. But if we look at sales compared to 2019 when we had, you know, quote-unquote a normal year, we see sales running 10% higher this year through October through the end of October, which, you know, if we're just thinking November and December are the highest times of the year when people are buying butter, one of the highest times, you know, we expect and anticipate that that increase to continue through during the holiday season. Now, you know, one thing we always know that Wisconsin is the number one cheese producer in the nation, but, you know, lots of people also don't know that Wisconsin is also in the top two for butter production. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, how much of this butter actually comes from our own state? You know, butter is equally an amazing product. And, you know, I think the the beauty or the challenge of butter is, you know, cheese is right there in front of our faces. But a lot of times butter is just a really important ingredient in baking and cooking. And so, you know, again, when we are wanting to market and talk about butter, uh, we really want to make sure we have a mix of imagery and content that shows butter being used. And then butter, you know, the end product with the butter in it. And obviously, you know, a cookie that has gooey, buttery cookies and these beautiful golden flaky crusts, you know, translate to our and Wisconsin residents to showcase, you know, not only the deliciousness, but the beauty of, of what they can create with butter. And now, you know, we talk about all those different things. Let's talk about some of the different things that people are going to use butter. And, you know, we talk about cookies and baking, but... There's actually a lot of things that when it comes to the Christmas dinner or snacks around the holidays that use butter. Yes, you are 100% correct. I mean, and we actually have uh, a lot of recipes that point to this variety of of butter that people can be using, whether it's baking or cooking, on wisconsincheese.com backslash butter. But, you know, just a couple ideas. If people are making vegetables, whether you're roasting or frying them, you know, you're going to want to have butter in that from the cooking standpoint instead of using olive oil. We also have some fun flavored butter that people can make to spice up uh, butter to put on their rolls or perhaps to put it on a steak or any sort of like turkey or meat that they might want to top with the butter. So, yeah, there, there's a wide variety. And I think, you know, folks, as we just see in the trend, consumers are looking for a variety of recipes to do to try new things and kind of spice up what they've what they've done before and also enhance some of their um, traditions with their holiday meal. Definitely. Now, you said I was making you hungry. Now you're making me hungry. Um, <laughs> you know, let's let's get back to that. You talked a little bit about, you know, buying local butter and buying butter from Wisconsin. You know, 
you know, being that Wisconsin is one of the top butter producers in the nation, you're going to go to the grocery store and chances are it's probably, you know, maybe going to be Wisconsin butter. But how are we able to tell for sure when we're out shopping? Well, there's a couple ways. I mean, first of all, uh, we have a probably Wisconsin dairy badge that folks can look for. And that's very similar to the probably Wisconsin cheese badge that they might be seeing on Wisconsin cheese products. The other thing is folks can check the label. And so when you look, um, a lot of times they talk about the plant and where things are manufactured. So if they see the plant number 55, that's also a way to look. But again, we try to just make it so if people are looking at the label, we want to condition Wisconsin residents to just check labels and make sure that you know they are supporting local dairy farmers, whether it's milk, cheese, butter, yogurt, whatever, is just a good way to help reinforce our local pride and our dairy pride. And, you know, talking about the holidays, I guess we could dip into that just a little bit, too, is, you know, butter is going to be an important ingredient, but all dairy products are important as we get to the holidays, whether, you know, we're having cheese out on the table or milk it with our meal, you know, and other mm-hmm. maybe ingredients then go into other things as well. Yep. The holiday season is definitely a time where, and this isn't this is not obvious. Folks want to indulge. They want to have a little bit more of a nice meal, something that's a little bit more rich. And you know, dairy plays a role in that. I mean, from your eggnog to your Tom and Jerry's to to what have you. So, you know, I would just say if any of your listeners out there are interested in looking at more variety of recipes and how we're trying to encourage Wisconsin residents and and folks outside of the state to incorporate dairy, they could. Certainly check out our America's Dairyland social channels, whether it be on Facebook or Instagram, because we'll be putting out a lot of different ideas and content and recipes. And there already are some out around, you know, how do you make a pumpkin spice latte and infusing whipping cream and whole milk. So, yep, 100%. It's only going to go up this holiday season. That's Katie Hepler, Senior Marketing Director with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, with an update on some dairy product use near the holiday season. Americans expected to purchase 161 million pounds of butter before the holidays is quite an impressive number. If you're looking for any other recipes, those kind of things, visit them online, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, and for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to get the answers you need. When you call us during regular business hours, you'll be greeted by a relationship banker. No maze of automated prompts to maneuver here. Just a friendly hello from a banker you know. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. So, you want to drive a Tonka truck? Well, roll up your sleeves and get ready to play in the dirt. Kalani Topsoil is looking for more people that know their dirt. Full-time seasonal positions are open for CDL dump truck drivers. Our family business will make sure you're home every night. There's competitive benefits, and you'll drive updated equipment. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Apply at KalaniTopsoil.com. Now that's good pay dirt. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. 
The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique Funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All right, we're going to wrap her up from the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention here in Kansas City on this Friday morning with the conversation featuring Dr. Bob Kropp, our University Extension Dairy Economist Emeritus. Now, yesterday we received the latest numbers as far as milk production figures were concerned, and there have been some trends that Dr. Kropp has been keeping his eye on, not just in Wisconsin, not just in the United States, but around the world. I asked Dr. Kropp to Give me some perspective on what he's watching going into the new calendar year. Well, several things. Definitely uh, what the milk production level is, and that's going to be affected by cow numbers and production for cows. So, uh, and, you know, the feed situation, the high feed prices, other labor costs, definitely going to have impact on milk production. And I think we got to keep an eye on domestic demand, whether we see any downturn due to the, the virus right now on Lux fairly good and exports look promising but you know china could change mexico there is also the the uh, panoramic experience of countries worldwide how they buy in that so those three facts you got to look at all three of a small change in any one of them changes your outlook quite a bit now we were talking about mexico coming back on screen that that's a big that's a big play for dairy yeah uh, they're a number one market they were suffering from the virus outbreak, their economy was struggling, and they really backed off. I mean, they're the number one market, but now they've come back real strong, and it looks like they will continue to be strong in the coming year, yeah. You made a really good point about the food inflation situation and how we can't we can't deny that dairy gets impacted by that. Yeah, I think that's a big one on the demand. In the past, you know, uh, get price high prices of gas and that, People eat out less, and that's big on the food service and big on cheese consumption and even butter consumption. So, and that's, you know, is inflation is really rampant right now. They're talking about the cost to heat homes this winter up substantially. That's less money for farmers to spend, and they're not going to eat out as much. That would be a negative on the demand side. Now, you also put side-by-side comparisons on Class 3 and Class 4 and what we've lived through. Um, Talk to me a little bit. You know, there's a lot of conversation about this Class 3, Class 4 milk pricing deal and uh, kind of going back to different formulas. What are you hearing? Well, you're right. I mean, prior to, uh, in 2019, they made a change in how they price milk we drink, Class 1. Used to be the higher of Class 3, Class 4. They went to the average of 3 and 4. Well, that worked fine until we got to the point where we got a tremendous run-up in the cheese price where butter and powder was flat. We got a big gap, 
So that average of the three and four resulted in being way below class three and made the class three price actually higher than class one. I would talk in my outlook about record class three price in July and November, 24 hours. Farmers are calling, what the hell are you talking about? I don't see that in my milk check. I'm getting this four to five dollar negative PD. Class one was not adding value, it was a lower value. So they got a deduct the milk check rather than an added producer price differential. So do you think that they'll get traction on trying to change it? Well, yeah, I mean, people said, let's roll back. Now, even if we had to hire up, we still would have had negative producer price differential, simply because the rapidity of the cheese market going up in a six-month lag, or six-month, six-week lag between the class three price setting and class one. And uh, but it wouldn't been as great. Some say, well, that's that'd be better, but maybe we need to do more. So there's a lot of talk about federal order reform that doesn't happen overnight. They could probably roll back to the original, but some say we need to do more in the pricing system in federal orders. Let's talk a little bit about cow numbers. Uh, you know, you graphed them out. Top five, uh, Wisconsin and Texas, by far the ones gaining cows. Share with me your your observations on why we're seeing the cow movement that we are, uh, cull cows going, and then what you see on the global with cow numbers, Bob. Yeah, well, on the global say, I think uh, the, actually the cull cow price, feed price, isn't too bad, encourage culling. And when you get these high feed prices, the return over feed cost is not as great on lower producers, so you're going to cull those cows and the tighten the feed. But that's going to continue. Wisconsin's not going to be quite as bad in that area simply because uh, we have pretty good crops and raise our feed. But in the West, where you really see the tightness. So you're going to see, I think, a greater change in cow numbers in some of those Western areas and even in the Northeast than we'll see here in Wisconsin. Uh, so uh, Wisconsin... Uh, there's been some dairy expansions <laughs> going on in the state. And the other thing is, that's interesting, you know, geographically, when you build a new big cheese plant somewhere, you don't have enough milk, you encourage dairy to come there. That's South Dakota, that's Indiana, that's now Michigan. Michigan, you know, where had some of the lowest milk prices in the country because they couldn't handle the milk, too much milk, their production went down, now a big cheese plant. They're going back up. So uh, that'll, that kind of thing will continue. <laughs> now, where there's not cheese plants, though, do you get the sense that a lot of dairymen are just tossing in the towel with the wildfires, water restrictions, uh, land values? What's your thought? Well, uh, we're still seeing farm numbers go out. Uh, uh, there is uh, thought, you know, like where we should... I think that's why some people are locating in South Dakota, Wisconsin, Minnesota. They're not quite a subject with uh, the feed situation where uh, we have the major droughts in that. Uh, so I think you're gonna sell, California's not going away, but California growth is not where it used to be. I mean, they got a lot of environmental restrictions, the drought severity there, their milk prices are not as high because they still use more milk and butter powder, which is lower value than cheese. So there has still come back to some advantages in the Midwest area in producing milk. Let's go overseas then, Bob. 
you cited New Zealand milk production figures and also uh, Europe. That's Those are two players that we've got to watch for as dependent on the international market as we are. That's right. Western Europe is, the, as a group of countries, of course, the largest exporter. Uh, they've been affected by the uh, the virus, their demand is weak, their price is not there, and they're also suffering. They have some weather conditions, their feed cost is higher. New Zealand is a pasture, <laughs> and uh, last year, uh, pasture wasn't too great, production was down, and now it's actually been raining too much in some respects, so they're going to come back somewhat, and they're the, you know, the individual country, the largest. I mean, the Western here has you know, 19, 20% of the market, New Zealand around 20. We're the third largest exporter. So New Zealand may come back, but it looks like at least going into this winter and spring, the world milk production is not going to boom, flood the market with dairy products. World market prices stay pretty strong and uh, enable us to export at a competitive price. You know, it's interesting, Bob, you've been in this business your entire life. Every time that we get to comfortable, good quality prices, Something about the dairy industry where then all of a sudden we decide we're going to add on cows, we're going to expand. European Union will come back online. Do you think about that, what we'll be talking about by this time next year? Well, I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've, the record shows that. Better prices, uh, farmers uh, do respond. And it's different than it used to be 40 years ago when you milked 50 cows in a 50 stanchion barn, mm -hmm. you know, you didn't. But now you could add cows pretty quickly. And the other thing is these larger dairy operations, well-managed, are able to handle things better like high feed prices. They can just a ration other byproducts, manage it, heat. They can handle heat conditions, that. And so they're able to maintain production even though uh, prices uh, go down where the, some of the traditional farmers really struggle and they say, well, I'm getting out of the dairy, uh, I don't want to moderate by a lot of money and whatever. So we're going to, unfortunately, we're going to see a continual downward trend. After saying that, you know, there are some grazers, some specialty cheese farmers and that are going to continue to do very well and not have to milk 500 or 1,000 cows. Our friend Dr. Bob Kropp, Professor Emeritus, Dairy Economist for the University of Wisconsin, a special presenter during a recent dairy exchange at the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. That's why some of our conversation might have sounded a little muffled. You're required to wear masks within the department building. And, of course, there were other folks around us as that dairy exchange conversation continued. But always good to have Dr. Kropp giving us a little forecast for the future. Well, my immediate future is getting behind the wheel and heading back to Wisconsin. want to wish all you deer hunters best of luck on opening day tomorrow. Be safe. We'll talk with you again on Monday morning. Have a great weekend, and don't forget, MidwestFarmReport.com for more. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook to see what we've been doing here in Kansas City. This 